635 on a Friday. I've got good buddy of mine sitting here in the studio with me. Pastor Iverson Jackson is here. And uh, I was looking for this Van John uh, Van Johnson. He was an actor back yeah. in the 50s. Yeah. Uh, Van Jones uh, piece and uh, about how the president's reaching out to the African-Americans. And I came across several other pieces. And one of the pieces I ran across was something you had talked about, the, I think the last time you were on, about mm-hmm. what went on in Atlanta. Yes, that's correct. Because you went to that. Yes, I did. I need you to move up on that mic a All little right. bit. Just pull it up there to you. There you go. And, and tell me about what the president said. I could have played that speech if I'd wanted to. Uh-huh. I've got it now. It's about 24 minutes long. What did he tell African-Americans that day? Well, you know, one, one of the most important things I think the president said and, and, and what he portrayed and what he was saying is that uh, African-Americans, black Americans, they're just like any other con, uh, constituent group. Yes. They want the same thing for their children, for their families. Uh, you know, they want uh, college education. They want careers. They don't want the handouts. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they want to be treated just like everybody else and not ignored and and not treated as if there's some helpless home, you know, homeless people just wandering, don't have anywhere to go, nothing to do. And so he spoke to the African-Americans just like he spoke to everybody else. And he re- he reiterated what he said when he was when he was uh, a candidate, Trump. You know, he said, like I said, uh, when I was giving my speech and everybody was telling me, don't say that, don't say that. You know, remember the words he said, you know, what the blacks you got to lose, Yeah. you know, by voting for him. And he's absolutely correct. What did black Americans have to lose? Because what they had been doing was certainly losing. So I think what he said there and making everybody uh, not just feel, feel something, but we knew that this man was serious about what he was saying. He wasn't pandering. He was treating us like people. You know, like intelligent people who knew how to make a choice and stand for what they believed. We were talking about this yesterday, and uh, I've talked about it several times, in, in fact, uh, over time. And that is, you know, the Republican Party has, and conservatives in general, have always wanted to reach into the black community mm-hmm. and say, come on and join us. But the way that we have said, come on and join us, right as you said, is it has a pandering yes. feel to it. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, we like to have a lot more black people yeah. in our party. Yeah. Why don't you come join us? It's, <laughs> it's like I said, it's like being told when I was growing up, uh, my dad uh, had been a coal miner, and then he worked in the steel mills. Yeah. Those are not considered upper class, you know, middle class kind of things, you know. And uh, I said, it's like if they came to me and said, Dave, we know that your family is coal miners and they're, uh, you know, steel workers, but we still want you in the Republican yeah, Party. Yeah, yeah that's you know, real that, convincing. That kind of backhanded <laughs> kind of thing. And, and, and it, was, it was kind of that way when I first uh, showed interest because I've always been conservative. Yeah. But I thought, well, I'll get involved with the, with the party. The only other Republican other than Trump that I've seen – just talk straight on yeah. with black people was Jack Kemp. Yeah. Jack yeah. Kemp was great about that. Mm-hmm. He understood. I mean, I remember in Caprini Green in Chicago oh, yeah. when he started letting them buy yeah. those uh, apartments. Apartments. And yeah. it changed Absolutely. Caprini Green. Ownership always does. Yeah. Ownership it, it always does. It was really, really interesting what Jack Kemp wanted to do. But uh, so do you think that's what it is about Trump? 
Yeah. That he's just talking to you. Hey, he's talking to you like Absolutely. anybody else. Well, think about it. Think about it. He, he is a businessman. He understands that uh, a customer, it doesn't matter what color or ethnicity they are, their money is green. Okay. It, I, and, hey, how often do I say that, Zach? <laughs> I talk about people. People say, "Well, they don't want to be on your show, Dave, because they're you're, they're liberal." You know, they're liberal. And I said, "Ask them if conservative money is 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 purple or something." There you go. You know, the it's radio, the, ra- the radio show. I know we got the modern stuff with with straight live streaming. Yeah. But think about you know, if a person is on the radio, your audience, you don't know who's listening to you. As no, far I as I don't have a clue, you don't have a clue. But if they're listening, they're part of your audience, and you treat them all. The same, yeah. you know, and that's what anybody, I think, wants to be treated with dignity and respect like they are, you know, uh, someone that has intelligence. I don't need you to I mean, think about this. This is so insulting to say I don't know how to go get an ID. How uh, insulting yeah. is that? Well, that's what the Democrat that, that I can't says. find the, uh, the, the the freaking Department of Finance and Administration to go down there and take a snapshot picture. Mm-hmm. But. You know, we're just pitiful. We don't have a choice. So I, I'm thankful that President Trump is being proactive. And that's something that I've said uh, to Republicans and about Republicans for a very long time. It, you, you can't sit on your hands and just say, well, we know we're going to get three or four percent. That's like ignoring people with with the exception of just those few that have investigated and say, hey, uh, the Democrat Party, you know, they're they're not the best thing for us. But. They're looking for the osmosis effect, and that's not the way you you win people over. You you be active. You go into the communities just like you go into any other community, and you treat them like people. All right. So let's listen to Van Jones. He was on CNN after the uh, State of the Union uh, message. Now, Van Jones worked with the president mm-hmm. just a few months ago on the, the crime bill that was passed to uh, change some things about how people end up in prison people getting out of prison in fact during the super bowl you may have seen one of president trump's new ads for his re-election that they did of uh the black woman getting out of prison and saying i've got a chance again yeah. i got a Alice second Marie. chance yeah mm-hmm. thank you president yep. trump yep you know democrats have been you know lip service in this for years well remember who's 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 uh policy that was that uh caused a lot of black people to be serving a lot of time president yeah wonderful bill First black president, Clinton. Yeah, and that was most of that was over crack cocaine yes. versus powder cocaine. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you had crack cocaine, which is what you're going to find in the inner city, you're going to prison for a long time. But if you were in the upper affluent uh, suburbs, oh, yeah. uh, and you had you know the powder, and you're snorting it up in hundred dollar bills, you weren't going to prison no. for any time. No. A lot of you know that was all going on. It has gone on. And uh, probably there's other areas that it still goes on. But the, the bottom line is that Van Jones took took uh, stock, and he made a very, very interesting statement on CNN. I've held on to this, and I, I, I knew that I wanted to have Iverson on when I played this. So let, let's play this cut from Van Jones. I, I think the, the last 24 hours have been a big wake-up call for Democrats. That's what I think. Um, the Iowa caucus was a debacle. Uh, and this was a very strong speech, and it shows what he thinks he needs to do to win. And I think we have to be very clinical about this. I think you're exactly right. Uh, he knows he's got to give a lot of red meat to his base, and he gave it. What, for religious liberty, abortion, all of it, the military, et cetera. Um, but he's doing something else. 
and it has to do with how he's going to manage race in this thing. And there seems to be a trade-off between the Latinos and the African-Americans. That's what you see. He, he went hard on the sanctuary city stuff. Mm-hmm. That is very, very uh, disturbing. It turns out sanctuary cities are actually safer uh, than non-sanctuary city, city, uh, cities. The Cato Institute, uh, which is libertarian, has come out and said uh, that you know, immigrants are committing less crime. So uh, for some reason, he thinks that doubling down on the anti-immigrant piece is a big part of his thing. At the same time, uh, a warning to Democrats, what he was saying to African-Americans can be effective. You may not like it, but he mentioned HBCUs. Our black colleges have been struggling for a long time. A bunch of them have gone under. Uh, he threw a lifeline to them uh, in real life in, in his budget. He talked about that. He talked about the criminal justice reform. He talked about opportunity zones. This, school choice, he talked about school choice. Issue. Uh, yeah. Listen, wake up. He doesn't have to be effective. Exactly. He has to be effective to move margins and key states. And, and the yeah. thing about it is, and I think that we've we got to wake up, folks. There's a whole bubble thing that goes on. We say, well, he said S-hole nations, therefore all black people are going to hate him forever. That ain't necessarily so. And I think what you're going to see him do is say, you, you may not like my rhetoric, but look at my results, look at my record to black people. And if he narrow casts that, it's going to be effective, which means as we move through this primary process, we've got to pay a lot more attention both to what's going on with the Latino vote. Um, is, is, are we going to get a benefit in terms of you know, having them respond? And with the black vote, is there going to be a split off for, especially for black male voters. We got to be clinical about this stuff. We get so emotional about it. That was a ro- that was a warning to us, a warning shot across the bow of Democrats that he's going after enough black folks to cause us problems. It's not just the white suburban voters. He's going after black voters. There you go. Wow. That was, probably, that was pretty insightful by Van pretty Jones. Pretty insightful by Van Jones. I could, how, how do you disagree with that? I don't. Yeah, you can't disagree with that. I mean, you, you think about what he is what he is saying if what President Trump is saying is good for black people, why does he want them not to go for it? Yeah. If you really want the best for people, then it doesn't matter if they're Republican or Democrat or whatever. If they're saying what's best for people, why not say, listen, he should have been saying, black America, you need to vote for Trump. This man is doing things that mm-hmm. no other president has done for, for black Americans, uh, certainly uh, not in recent times. And so you really need to vote for him. Look at what he's doing. HBCUs, they were about to go under. And he has allocated uh, their, their budget is up 14 percent, a hundred million dollars influx into those schools. And, and and he had them in, in his in the Oval Office with him, you know, when they were signing, when he was signing that bill, talking about HBCUs and the value of them. We never saw that in the last administration. Mm-hmm. You would think that would have been one of the key things that happened, but it didn't happen. So, yeah, I, I love what Van Jones is saying. And he knows. It. Let me say it like this. I like this millionaire Van Jones. Oh, yeah. And he's got some money. He's got a lot of money. And, and and one of the things that you think about, why do so many wealthy blacks, ce- uh, celebrities, think that other black people can't become or follow the same path that they follow? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not hard. No. It's not hard. So what he, Van Jones said is exactly right. And that's what we were talking about beforehand. President Trump is not just sitting by and just saying, well, you, you know, we, we know we're going to get 3 or 4%. Uh, I think he's going to be in double-digit figures uh, on this next election. word that I have gotten is that they're hoping for, hang on, everybody. All right. Because, you know, if we got 6% before, we thought we were doing really good as conservatives. Try 18%. I can believe that. If he hits 20 or breaks 20, the uh, Democratic Party is is over. And they know it. And they they know it. So they have to result— 
uh, resort uh, to all the name calling, and that stuff is starting to is starting to wear off. Yeah. It, it really is because people are are actually waking up and and starting to take a look at things realistically and just the numbers, just the numbers, just look at the numbers, and they are getting past the rhetoric. And uh, you know, sometimes it can be a little little hard, but I understand. I really don't care about rhetoric. What I care about is I'm not looking at personality, but policy. Sure, because policy is what changes your life. Yeah. And Van Jones worked with the president. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. All right. Think about that for a moment. That wouldn't have happened under Bush. I no, can tell you that. No, no. You think about that that uh, first first step act that the president passed. You're cutting those uh, prison sentences, commuting prison sentences. Look, re looking at all those things there. And one young man, of course, a black young man, was in the Oval Office. He said, "A month ago, I was in a prison cell, and look at me today. I'm in the White House." Yeah. In, I'm in the, the White Oval House. Office. In the Oval Office with the president. <laughs> That's real stuff there. That's yeah. real life changing things. And and the and the one you were talking about earlier, Anne Marie, mm-hmm. you know, she she got she had spent twenty years for a nonviolent crime. Yes. And see that's not what prison was ever. Absolutely for. not. I mean, maybe, I don't not. know, you know, exactly what she did, but she probably should have maybe spent six months in jail. She'd been wearing a an anklet. Or something along that line. Yeah. yeah. Nonviolent, nonviolent crime. So Trump, Dave, is doing real stuff that actually is changing people's lives and people are waking up to it. I mean, I'm hearing people's like, you know, I can't stand to hear him or his tweets got to go, but I have to agree with this. And you're hearing that more and more and more. And the Democrats are in full scale panic. Yeah. Well, bottom line is you may not agree with the way he gets things done. But he gets things done. He gets things done. That's and, the and that's key. What, result. And we haven't seen that from very many presidents. That's right. That's right. Look at, uh, the, you know, the opportunity zones that, that he's created, mm-hmm. going directly into the inner cities. Now, now, what president in recent times has spent any real time in in, in uh, the inner cities with a real plan to change things, talking about putting factories mm-hmm. back into the inner cities, uh, you, you know, that is jobs. It's what changes yeah. everything. It's when a person works, a man works, he feels like a man. We man can take care big, of his family. That, that's a big word. It's only three letters. Yeah. You get a job. Yeah. yeah. That's big. Yeah, but think, Dave, you know, the, the King March on Washington. Yeah. Go back, and you know, for all those that are listening, go back and pull up some of those things on the Internet. Look at the signs. And they said, marching for jobs, mm-hmm. not handouts. Not to be put in some, you know, community where you can be offset from the rest of the world, but jobs. Not saying give me this, give me that, but, but the whole thing was about opportunity. We just want the same opportunity, and if you fail, then you should fail. That's what Frederick Douglass said. Yeah, and so what a lot of people have said. All right, except Lyndon Baines Johnson <laughs> believed that the way you fought poverty was that you gave money, free money. To people, you know, you had the money tree, yeah, and they just pulled twenty dollar bills off and handed out. Um, we're we're going to talk further with Iverson Jackson here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We got to get a break in. It's ten minutes till seven. If you're on your way to work, twenty seven degrees right now. It's going to be a chilly day today. We're not even going to crack fifty, but the sun is going to shine. All right, seven minutes until uh, seven o'clock. It's six fifty three. Twenty seven degrees. A lot of you are just getting ready for work and heading to the car and going to make the drive in. You got one more day to go, then you get a couple of days off, I hope. 
But Iverson Jackson is with me. He is an outstanding addition to our uh, community here in in Little Rock. And and so, Iverson, you've got a group. There's there's a lot of African-American folks out there that are liking what they're hearing and liking what they're seeing from this Mm -hmm. president. But if they went to their buddies and told them, I'm going to vote for President Trump, they probably get some strange looks. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, so you you've got a group so that people can go and and talk honestly and out in the open about that, yes, right? Yes, yes, the Republican Party, African American Coalition of Arkansas, and we are uh, we are an actual state level executive uh, partner uh, affiliate with the Republican Party of Arkansas. So we're not uh, an independent. Uh, group that's but we are actually part of the system and I like it because I sit on the executive uh, committee of the Republican Party of Arkansas and that's one of the things that you if you're not at the as we say at the table mm-hmm. you're not there making decisions for what's going to happen with your own life then you're really not part that much a part of the process right and that's the thing that has happened in the past they want our vote but not our voice I want my voice to count as much as my vote counts is that changing here in, in Arkansas Absolutely. with the Republican Party. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're making a lot of big changes because people are hearing the truth and they're hearing it from someone that looks like them that they know has a, has a vital a vested interest in what goes on here. And so when you start talking about uh, educating people and saying, hey, you know, you can you can change your life. One, th- I know one of the things that we're doing is we're trying to get ROTC programs back in our schools. And, and uh, one of the other things I'd like to see is the Votech. Uh, get back ramped up in our schools. Well, you need to because there's a lot of jobs out there. Learn to be a welder. You'll make a $70,000, a year. Yeah, carpenter, electrician. That's where, that's where the money is yeah, at. You better that's where the money it. is at. And you don't end up with a, with a uh, uh, you know, $100,000 in student loans and only going to get a job that pays dollars $40,000. $40, that is insane. Yes, it is. You know, I hear it all the time. Uh, you know, I have I have a small business and I work in some of those those with some of those industries, and you hear it all the time. Hey, do you know anyone that needs a job? Do you know anyone that needs a job? But you got to also have the skill level for some of those things. So we are we are trying to get those things instituted back into the system, educating. That's our big, biggest part is just educating uh, black Americans, Arkansans, whomever will listen, because it's not just black, but we, we, we have white people in our organization when I say that, because really people are just people. We all got to work together. I'm glad you can you say that. I, I believe that's the that. way I feel. I believe that people are people are people. We're made in the image and likeness of, of God, sure. and that's it. That's yeah. all. That's yeah. all. That's the only difference. So here in our uh, in Little Rock, they was it was it used to be called what the Metropolitan School, wasn't that like yes. where you went? Yes, yes, v- Voltec School. Yeah. See, I'm not from Little Rock, yeah. but I remember. I had some people that I hung out with, and they were talking about that. Does that still exist? I, I think it does exist, but I don't know. You know, it's not like it was. I know when I graduated in 1980, I went through the uh, actual bakery program, okay. uh, which was uh, right across the street from uh, the Metro. And, and they had the, I forget the name of the bakery that was there, and they cut out a little part of that and made a classroom. And, and so I use those skills still to this day, to this day. You know, I, could, I can go in a bakery, look at a product, and uh, give a real critique of that product. I had a, a friend of mine who, who bakes products, and he, he made a bread pudding for me. Oh. And, uh, of course, he wanted to know what I thought about it. And I uh-huh. told him, hey, this is it's beautiful. I gave talk about the presentation, you know, the uh, crust and everything. And I said, now, for my personal 
taste. It got good reviews from people I allowed to look to. Listen, as for my personal taste, you probably should put about a third cup less sweetener in it. And he texted me back, said, man, you are good I, I, because <laughs> I, I, I put a little bit too much sweetener in it. And I thought, okay, it'll be all right. But I caught that uh, in there. And those those are skids. I graduated in 1980. This, is our, this will be our 40th year out of high school. But I still use those skills I learned in uh, Votech school there, you know. And I, I, it got me several jobs, you know, as, on my way up to uh, to a career. So those are the things that we are working toward to educate uh, black people, let them see, hey, this is what's really going on inside of politics, and you got to get involved if you want real change. Iverson, I appreciate you coming in so early. Thank you very much. Let's get you back on yes, very, sir. very soon. Yes, sir. What's the name of the group? Where uh, do they go to join? Republican Party, African American Coalition of Arkansas, and you can call Miss B at 372-7301, right there at the Republican Party headquarters at 6th. Uh, 1201 6th Avenue, right just a few blocks from here. Yeah, she's tough, man. I'm just telling you. If you show up over there want to go see Doyle, you better uh, be ready to talk to her. Yeah, first face you <laughs> see when you walk into the Republican Party of Arkansas is a black face, Miss B, yeah. and she is a professional. She's a great lady. She is. She really is. All right, got to take a break. Got the news coming your way, and then we'll be back with Robert Steinbach here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.